Hey, everybody. Welcome to Broadhead HMH Agency's Future of Transportation podcast. I'm John Halpin, and I'm going to continue our series of chats with experts in the transportation industry. Joining me in this episode is Bill Lowenthal. Bill has decades of experience in the general management and product leadership, specializing in market-based business planning and cross-functional execution. He's had leadership roles in launch products at companies like Plantronics, Replay TV, and Mitsubishi, as well as several startups. Bill leads ChargePoint's product management, user experience, and technical docs teams. Bill, that was a mouthful. Thanks for waiting through it. Thanks for joining <laughs> me today. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. Super excited to be here. So my first question, and actually, it's funny, I sent you a rundown, but I'm going to ask you something that's not on it. Does ChargePoint feel more like a startup or an established company at this point? Wow, great question. Um, the business is moving so fast. It requires constant scaling and everyone's electrifying that the speed of this business very much feels like a like a startup we started in 2007 so we're a 15 year old startup and um you know what's crazy about the founders of this company is they had the foresight to know the world would be going to electrified transportation and built a company around this before there were electric vehicles on the road so mm-hmm. it's amazing and so in yeah. that sense the spirit of the people the vision of the future the impact that we're making and the speed of the business with commercial, residential, fleet, all kinds of vehicles and businesses need to electrify gives you the speed and scale and hyper growth of a startup. Gotcha. Okay. And, and by the way, some people are watching on video, some are listening on audio. Um, Bill's got a great ChargePoint t-shirt on that I think I need to get. Can you tell everybody what it says? Yeah. So we're really proud of this. This came out this year uh, where every second someone is plugging in on the ChargePoint network. And so the scale of this, people don't realize the speed and scale and the pervasiveness of charging, because I think one of the myths, and it's probably on your rundown list of questions is, you know, for people that don't drive electric yet, and they will be, their question is, is, well, where are all the chargers? Mm -hmm. And what's great about charging is the car fuels where it's parked. So it's not on street corners that you're driving by that we're accustomed to in the old way. Mm-hmm. It's at all the places that you don't realize it. It's at your workplace, at your favorite retailer, in your library, at the gym, at the movie theater, in your multifamily apartment building. And as you, it's like charging your cell phone. And so the mindset, and uh, hopefully your listeners, because um, it's all about transportation, understand this. But until you drive electric, you don't get that. Yeah. And so every second someone plugs in on the charging network on the charge point network so that shows you how how pervasive it is awesome okay um so when you launch products now i mean you're not a marketer right everybody's sort of you have to market right you're marketing to someone um and helping the marketers market you worked at companies i read the the companies that you worked for let's say plantronics if you were there and you launch a headset. Mm-hmm. Well, the, people know what the headset is. Mm-hmm. People want to charge it. Like, I, is it different with the learning curve that people have with the products you're launching at ChargePoint? Um, well, what is the product? Is I think something that is. If you go through my career, actually, and I've done mm-hmm. digital video recorders, and I've done workplace communications, I've done a bunch of other things that are typically pretty early in the market, and that's why ChargePoint is interesting in that regard. So you have to go kind of go back to what the product is. So when we're launching something at ChargePoint, it's part of something bigger. 
And what people, maybe just to orient the audience first, who is and what is ChargePoint might be useful. So we are a technology company that provides uh, charging stations, charging software solutions and other services to hosts that, that are typically businesses that want to offer charging to their constituencies. We also offer to drivers a free mobile app that collects and shows all those available chargers uh, to those drivers of where they can charge. So our customers in the commercial zone would be workplaces or retailers or movie theaters, like I mentioned, and they want to offer charging to complement their business. So in a retail example, retailers basically want to have uh, attract and retain consumers. So they're offering charging not to sell electrons, but to offer the consumer a benefit. Maybe they're part of the loyalty program because there's more margin in them for a $7 cheesecake than there is in a $7 charging session. And so we're offering all the software capabilities yeah. to operate for that host the rules that they would like to uh, operate that station under. So is it on the map? Is it a free to certain constituencies? Is it what's the price if I want to charge uh, the a set of users? Maybe I have my own company vehicles like a fleet and the billing has to go to that department. There could be power management or other attributes that the charger at a given location uh, need, need to be administered under. But then what we're doing at a scale is managing this network among multiple hosts and aggregating that for drivers. And that shows up in a lot of ways. We work very closely with uh, auto manufacturers. So uh, Mercedes-Benz has a great in-dash experience called Mercedes-Me. That's all powered by ChargePoint. Uh, Volvo and Polestar are great partners of ours as well. And there you actually have a embedded in the dashboard, the Android operating system runs the car. And we're embedded into that, and that aggregates again all the charge point places uh, network uh, that we have on uh, available in North America and Canada and Europe, and shows all the places you can charge, uh, as well as the places that your charge point credentials work with other networks. So in North America, for example, EVgo is a very popular network. Flow yeah. is a popular network. You can take your charge point credentials and and uh, charge on those stations. So, so that's what we're doing. So when, we, when you ask, what is launching a product like? Um, so we have great, a great set of solutions, very exciting chargers that what's important about the charging design is ease of use from a consumer standpoint, manageability, uptime, serviceability from a host and driver standpoint. Mm -hmm. A bunch of technical attributes as the industry advances in terms of more security, um, uh, faster charging capabilities, uh, more innovative ways to service multiple parking spaces. Those are all the kind of things that you see coming into uh, this, the products that we're introducing. We just announced, uh, very exciting for Europe and, uh, and for fleet customers in North America, a new hardware platform called the CP6000. Mm -hmm. And um, this is three-phase for Europe, which is a different electrical system that we have in North America here, which is single-phase. But we're from a technology standpoint, we've platformed and serve, serviced both markets. From a why is this better for everyone platform, it gives us a scalability. The world's going to need a lot more chargers manufactured and shipped over the next 10 years than it did over the last 10 years. So we've designed this for super high-scale manufacturing. 
mm -hmm. uh, leveraging global supply chains, uh, very modular in design to service, multi so components go into multi multiple array of our chargers, but also aid serviceability, manufacturability, things like that. And so when we're launching a solution, it's about the experience value. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the story is how does the software and the hardware work together right. to create a different experience for drivers and to create a better experience as well for hosts. And so a great example, and you mentioned this, we're in an early market where folks may not realize what, char what charging means in their daily life. Yep. And so the approach at ChargePoint has been, we very much design the head-to-head -head solution and uh, end solution from the charger itself to the embedded software in that charger that talks to our cloud to the mobile app in my mobile phone in my hand here. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is we can do, do some unique things to create a better experience for the driver. So in my mobile phone, which I turned off, uh, so it wouldn't <laughs> ring during our conversation. Thank you. Um, we have... <laughs> We've embedded the RFID card. So I can actually go to the front of a station, just tap this. Mm -hmm. That authenticates the station, unlocks the holster. I can plug it in and go on to my, my day. Cool. And so we're doing things like that to make it real seamless and easy. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of things in an early market, people don't realize how it works, how to make it easy. And at charge point, we're bringing all these things together to make it super simple. Gotcha. Okay. So. How do you mentioned a couple of you talked about some commercial businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So, so ChargePoint and and, and uh, full disclosure, everybody, ChargePoint's a client of our agency. So that that's how Bill and I got introduced. And uh, you know, I was I was so excited to to have him on the show. Um, so your base, your three basic biggest segments are consumers like me buying an EV and you know charging at my house. Um, mm -hmm. the commercial businesses, like you mentioned, it could be uh, a, a shopping center, it could be an office, it could be uh, a hotel, it could be an apartment building, so many uh, possibilities and fleets. Um, so where has adoption, is, can, can you say among the three, can we say, hey, the adoption has been easiest here and more of a challenge over here? Does it, are, are, are there huge differences as far as, you know, whether it's resistance from people? I mean, I'm going to get to misconceptions in a little while, but, um, you know, have they all kind of gone on the same track or, or, or is there, is it a tougher slog to, you know, to, to move people along in any of them? It's a different catalyst. It, uh, there's different drivers for the adoption. So, we're moving from a kind of an early adopter market to an early majority market. Much of this mm -hmm. has been gated by vehicle availability. So the earliest vehicles that we've had have typically been passenger, you know, class vehicles for the last five, five years or so, right? And so there you see the deployment being driven by where do those vehicles need to charge. And so you'll see a lot of public charging. You'll see a lot of workplace charging. Employers particularly in um, large competitive markets, Silicon Valley is where we're based. Um, we have uh, many leading technology companies have deployed charging very early because mm -hmm. their employees depend on it. Yeah. And they also want to attract and retain talent as well as, you know, meet sustainability goals. So you're seeing sustainability as a driver. You're seeing um, attracting and retaining 
your constituency, tenants, employees, yep. consumers. Um, you're seeing um, auto, automotive OEMs have been a key partner for us to drive deployments. So they've been a key catalyst in terms of getting their, de their dealerships to electrify. Uh, offering home charging programs, which which the ChargePoint Home Flex, which is a great home charger. Yeah. We sell it direct, but we also sell it through partners. Um, and, um, and and that's a uh, flexible amperage from 16 to 50 amps. works with all types of vehicles, goes in the home. It's the size of a, a piece of paper. It's, it's, it's a very elegant product. But... Um, so it's it's kind of driven in that fashion, and so uh, the, the one way I frame this, and it's a little stark, I guess. There is folks that want to electrify, and there's folks that have to electrify. Yeah. And so the folks that want to, if you're a consumer and you you know you've gone in and you're enjoying the thrill of driving an EV, which is great, if you are a car fanatic, and it's great if you're care about the environment and it's great if you care about your wallet there's all these great benefits to driving electric and it's so convenient because you leave every morning with a full battery so you're not stopping on your way you're not going somewhere to go somewhere and um so you're a one-two mm -hmm. these businesses i described i want to attract and retain people to my establishment are are one-twos there are some businesses that are that are having to go through the have-to phase and they're reconciling with that now. So fleet has been starved for vehicles. We're now seeing a lot of exciting EVs entering the fleet space and it's really important for them. And um, what the impetus there is in some markets and we operate around the globe, uh, there are uh, legislation where you cannot enter a city zone unless you're zero emissions. So Got it. Fleets are being forced to electrify yeah. to continue their operations of delivering people or packages. So uh, on that, uh, one of our recent guests, I forget who it was, basically said that be, because, uh, let, let's say, in, in cities in Europe that you can't enter the city zone, mm -hmm. right? That's right. Well, at some point, the, you know, I know you're talking about fleets, but the, the OEMs can't make two sets of vehicles. Mm -hmm. Right. So so that's basically stuff like that is going to force the adoption. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the people aren't going to have a choice. Not going to be say, well, I, I, you know, I know people are electrifying, but I want a, you know, a combustion vehicle instead. And it's like, well, no, you can't. It's not going to work because the car company is not going to make it or the truck company is not going to make it. Well, and so our CEO, Pat Romano, you know, had, he's very prescient. And you have to be to build a business like this. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh you know, it, in, in a decade and a half or so, we're going to start to get gas anxiety. People talk right. about range anxiety, but you have this, you know, classic car that you love, your 67 Mustang. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to have to be more, more mindful of where you're going to refuel that vehicle if it's a <laughs> petrol vehicle Yeah, come 2040, right? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, because now that's, that's, and I actually, let's, that gets us into 
I wanted to ask about misconceptions. And I think the biggest, I don't know if the misconception is definitely a concern. People think, you know, consumers thinking about uh, converting to an EV and they worry about mm -hmm. range. Like, oh, well, I'm going to have to charge my car. I can't go to work and back because I don't think I'll have enough. And we know that's not true. Maybe on a long trip, it can be an issue if you don't plan. But what, what do you think? And I know that's a leading question, of course. But what do you think are the most common misconceptions? It could be among consumers, it could be among businesses, fleets, whatever it might be. Uh, there's not enough charging because I'm used to looking and scanning with my eyeballs when I go to a street corner to look for a place to fuel and mm -hmm. I don't see a charger. So they must not exist, but that's myth number one. Yeah. So you actually use, you know, your mobile phone, pull up the charge point app. It's free. You can get it from the Android or, uh, the Google play and the, uh, Apple, uh, app stores. And you can see the map for yourself of where the chargers are. Those are just the public ones. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, you may be associated with a business or a place where you live that has chargers that are not on that map. So there's more chargers than people realize. So that's one. Uh, and they're not in the places that you, that you would see. They're in the back of your favorite parking lot, your library, right. your multifamily property, your workplace. Mm -hmm. uh, and there'll be more. And there's great catalysts happening from utility companies to other grants and incentives that are going to propagate more chargers. Uh, so that's myth number one. Myth number two is, well, I'm going to use it just like I use my gas vehicle. It means I'm going to drive it to empty and then I'll look for a place to charge. <laughs> right. That's not the way it works. So it's like your cell phone. You tend to, you know, go to work, maybe you plug it in, Get in your car, you're plugging it in. Get home, you're plugging it in, or you're on a wireless charger, whatever it is. And so it's similar with with um, with uh, electric vehicles. And so maybe I I leave my home and I happen to have a home charger. Great. If I'm at work and there's an available spot, I'll plug in, but it's not necessary. Right. Um. But it's 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 helpful if it is available. Maybe I only have something at work. So we do know that people who have home charge have charging at home or charging at work have a much higher impetus, six x more likelihood to get an EV because mm -hmm. they know it will fit in their life. And once they have that, they realize what the charging top off model is like. Yeah, it's not a fill up model; it's a top off model. Of course, so that's eighty percent of your fuel is onboarded where you live. Or where you work. Got it. Okay. Um, of course, you want to go to the mountains or the beaches on the weekend, and that's a longer ride. Well, first of all, the batteries are getting much bigger. So yeah. 250 is on the low side now of miles of range. And um, and there's oftentimes available chargers because not only does your car need to fuel, but you often need to take a break in that ride anyways. And right. So there's, there's more and more of those uh, high-speed chargers that we're very active in helping hosts deploy. So we have a great partnership, for example, with Starbucks and Volvo. Okay. And uh, folks can Google it and see, we've got Starbucks deploying across uh, a number of their locations in the Northwest. Uh, I think it's 15 different sites, but the specifics are on our website. And so they're recognizing that as people make this journey, sure, they wanna stop for a coffee, uh, walk their dog, and fuel their vehicle. And so those kind of business partners are seeing that opportunity that, to be part of the new fueling network, which is the way that people will, you know, um, will participate in this whole experience together. So that's a great partner to have. Okay. 
So, so now you talked about it being more prevalent in the Northwest place. Like uh, you talked about Starbucks. Well, that's so in the Starbucks case. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It could be many. So, so I have a, I was looking at your app a few weeks ago. I have a client. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have a client in Wilmington, which is out at the, at the beach. It's about 175 miles. And I looked and I, and I kind of went, if I had, I mean, I don't need a charge at 175 mile trip. I don't have an EV yet, by the way, I'm shopping. Um, but yes, yes, but, the operative word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to test drive one next weekend. Um, <laughs> cool. So uh, there's not many along the way on, on uh, route 74, but over the next five years, I'm going to see them start to pop up more. Right. Yes, because yes. It's a little bit of a rural area, but you know, I, I, I mean, infrastructure bill, things like that. I mean, the, the population of chargers is just going to just blow up, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. exactly right. And so we're very active with a variety of hosts that want to participate with the infrastructure bill funding. And mm-hmm. there, what we provide is high-speed chargers, uh, that software that manages that experience, other services to help that host have a very simple experience to offer this capability. And What's important for that host is to tie it into their business goals. So whether it's a loyalty program, what's branding for their business, all those things go hand in hand. So we have a great set of whether it's fast food, a lodging, quick serve restaurants, retailers, all participating uh, in terms of how in their specific sites and locations is practical for them to deploy charging. And we help okay. them in that whole journey. So, so in those locations that you talked about, those let's say retail and things like that, are are they up to like what what is a typical and uh, typical is a tough word because you never know. But it, are are those things being used to like if if some shopping center near me has four chargers, are you finding that those are you know they're they're sort of you know jam packed with use or are people still do people still charge at home and kind of drive five miles to the store and go oh, i'm charged already like is are they using them a lot is, is what i'm saying or asking um i think it, it's very location dependent mm-hmm. and are, are you concentrated by a lot of multifamily properties where they may not have onboard on-site charging yet and so therefore they're leveraging the shopping mall for that purpose um so it's it's very there's not a, a single answer to give you um what and I think the other aspect that's important for the listenership to to understand is dwell time. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks they need back to your miss. Everyone thinks they need fast charging. They yeah. really don't. Mm-hmm. And so what you really want to do is match the charging speed to the the, the duration of the stay of that constituency. Yeah. So if I'm at work for eight hours, and maybe I'm plugged in for two to four hours because I do it lunch before lunch or after lunch, then then I'm matching the charging speed to that session length. If I'm at a quick serve or I'm at a convenience store for 20 minutes, well that that, you know, it's logical to have a different solution for that. Yeah. So we offer a range of technologies and frankly, the faster you go, the more expensive it is and it requires much more construction and electrical capacity and other elements. So there is a capacity, how many charging ports should I have? And a speed dimension that sometimes you're seeing a hybrid. You could go to a shopping center. They have a few fast chargers and a lot of AC chargers because they ultimately want those consumers to spend more time walking to the mall and putting things in their shopping cart. Right. Um, what's the most, I mean, the, the stuff that I brought up already, I mean, this might be redundant and we can move on if it is. Do you, uh, when, when you're at, you know, a dinner party and people talk about where you work, what do they ask you the most? 
Hmm, great question. Um, they mostly ask me about the cars. Okay. What they should get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're yeah, the expert I, in that now too, because of where you work. So you have to, you, yeah. you have to be the car expert. Yeah. And, and so the charging thing, you know, it, it is, um, it's assumed uh, that it's easy and available and um, and, and and prevalent. So, th th you know, where are the chargers? All the same questions you asked before, but oftentimes it's like, you know, what are the next exciting cars coming out? Mm -hmm. And and that's getting harder to answer because there's so many exciting vehicles. And so I think we're at the stage of the industry where all vehicle classes and sizes. Uh, are coming to in a price point that's uh, more inclusive, and um, and so the, the the various needs of the public are going to be met with an array of vehicles as well as on the business side. The, the fleet side is really really interesting. Yeah. Um, and the 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 other question that I get, and we should just talk about it, was who's your competition? Yep. And it's actually a really hard question to answer. I know. I, I, I want to hear what you say, but I, I, I'm familiar enough right. that I know that. So go ahead. So it depends on you define what the product is that we're providing for. So on a network level, you can, you can be a, a driver and participate in the ChargePoint network. And the, there are other businesses in the, in the market that we partner with, like Flow and EVgo that I mentioned before. But they're really not competitors. Okay. They, they're an asset owner, so they own those, those stations, and their business model is to monetize the electrons. Right. We're a technology company. Our mm -hmm. customer is not the driver in that case. Our customer is the business that wants to provide the charging yeah. solution or the fleet operator. And so there, there's different levels of other brands of hardware or software or other services that we offer that other types of companies, industrial electronic companies or other software companies are, uh, have solutions that, you know, uh, are comparable or, you know, similar to what ChargePoint offers, but we do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's hard for the general public to understand is I see that ChargePoint charger there, but the price is different than the other one. Well, that's because the host set the price. Got it. And their electricity, yeah. And it's interesting because for me, if I'm if I buy my EV, you know, I, when, I get a home when, charger. When. when, when? That's right. And it's the Kia EV6. That's what I got my eye on, by the way. Okay, that's hard, hard, hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go with the local dealer, well, well, we had two last week, but they're gone. Um, so for me, it's it's sort of it's mostly about the hardware. Like I want a charger that works, and I can you know I can mm -hmm. use it properly, and you know. Try, have a charge during you know overnight and that kind of thing but for the fleets and i've seen your fleet software okay good. it is just it's amazing because for the fleets it's uh, so much about the insight into the vehicle performance and things like that i mean it's it's a it's it's a complete technology play right when you deal with the fleet companies well it is true i'm going to break a myth for you on the home side okay so you think you need so, so this is kind of, as people have come to this industry, they think that the solution they need is a piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. But 
particularly with rising energy costs, um, how the home's ultimately going to be changing over the next decade with more solar and storage and renewables. Um, it's really a software managed product. It's an IoT device is really mm -hmm. what a home charger is. Okay. We integrate with the utility and they send us signals when there's grid events to actually halt or slow the rate of charging. We integrate with Alexa in your home. We integrate with Siri so I can say, is my car charging right now? Mm -hmm. And so it's in the fabric of, of how you live. And so the software behind this is, is really ChargePoint's core competency. Yeah. Along with designing great hardware that works in a very systematic and unified way. So if you jump over to Fleet, you're exactly right. Um, Fleet's a very challenging kind of transition, if you will. Um, here you have businesses that have operated a certain way for the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. And now they're being asked to route fuel and clean their vehicles in a different way. And their fuel cost is their largest operating cost. Right. Their second largest operating cost is maintenance. Okay. So their TCO, their total cost of ownership transition, is very appealing for them. So on the, on the economic evaluation, it going electric for them is awesome. But there's fundamental operational challenges for them to change or operating practices to change. And that is the way they've route fueled and cleaned their vehicles, the way they've scheduled their vehicles has worked a certain way. What we do is on a, at a depot level as in one kind of use case is we tie into their scheduling systems. We know their energy costs. We know the state of charge of the vehicle. So if that vehicle returns to the, to the base or to the depot, we can guide it and apply a charging plan mm -hmm. that's very appropriate to their cost structure and to their desired exit time in the morning or in afternoon, whenever that vehicle has to leave. So yeah. this is a complex algorithm that's managing the schedule of the vehicle, the charging right. plan, the energy costs. And so that's the transition. And then it has to be married, of course, with great hardware mm -hmm. that is reliable, mission critical, because yeah. again, if they can't deliver people or packages, they have a real problem. Right. And so so we're providing that software layer, that hardware layer, that integration into their core business systems to make that fleet run on time. Gotcha. Um, so we, we've talked about infrastructure and I mentioned, you know, things popping up everywhere. Um, is there a for someone's going to have to install all this stuff? Is 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 there a is there a learning curve for for a workforce that that we need to undertake like is that a is that a small issue or something we really need to consider something we really need to consider and so this is a great opportunity you know climate change clean energy is in a really critical sector for the next you know decades in front of us right it's, we must do this and this is a great opportunity for various trades to participate so we, ChargePoint, has long provided training and solutions in ChargePoint University for electrical contractors. Mm -hmm. um, last month, we announced a partnership with the 
uh, with NECA, National Electrical Contractors Association, for more programs related to this. So we need a trained workforce from um, construction planning to electrical contractors to teams of service uh, companies that can, can help scale this. So it, it's a huge opportunity. Um, I think it's a way to more people need to be thinking about that that workforce behind it. We partner with leading um, installation and contractors in this space, and so it's it's a fundamental piece both in North America and Europe to uh, to meet the demand. Okay. So, if, gotcha. Yeah, if folks are thinking about being electricians, this is a great time to become one. <laughs> um, are there any other? Most of the 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 things we've talked about have been. Look, and this is all positive and it's great, but what are the other challenges face it? Like our, our journey toward electrification. Uh, are, are there other challenges out there that, that, that I don't know, I don't want to say keep you up at night, but that you think about a lot? Um, the industry moves very quickly. So we've never mm -hmm. seen something that is more transformative on everyone in our lifetime. Yeah. This shift of electrification, the climate changes and how clean energy is going to be deployed around the globe. There's nothing, this is bigger than the transition from print to broadcast. This is bigger than the transition to the internet. Yeah. And the stakes are, nothing's higher. And so I think the this is touching all forms of transportation and we were only talking about things that roll but there's things that fly and float mm -hmm. and we charge those too yeah and so why is this all this important it's important because we need to remove carbon we need to have clean air you look at you know city of long beach is a great example of who leaned in very early on electrifying the port electrifying the city municipal fleet because they were in an environment where a lot of children were growing up with childhood asthma. So they made this shift. It was a very, I think, um, again, prescient approach from that leadership and government locally. And they're seeing improvement. And so the, the challenge is executing at the right speed uh -huh. and um, with quality and consistency and predictability. That's the challenge. And right. so we... Um, are doing a lot. I mentioned, you know, the design of our products are for that high volume manufacturing. It's we're, we're investing a lot in um, deep diagnostics, things like secure boot, which mm -hmm. is for a technical audience uh, may understand what that is. Um, so the security, the robustness, the modularity, so we can have technicians rapidly repair something because we all depend on this. And then you can look at ChargePoint's public filings, but we're growing rapidly. And so, you know, what's in front of us is very exciting in terms of the market that we need to serve. And so having all the right business processes, all the right partners uh, to meet that, meet that demand is, that's the kind of stuff that we're spending a lot of time focused on. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question that I ask everybody. Okay. Um, what other companies, and, and part of the way I frame this sometimes is if you had to tell me who should who I should interview next, um, like what, what companies in the transportation industry, it doesn't have to be electrical charging, anything like that, um, 
are there game changers? Are there, like, like, it could be a big company. It could be a company that I've never heard of. Are there any, you know, coming, you, you look and you go, wow, I really like what they're doing. Um, I think there is, when you look at delivery mm-hmm. and you look at the little boxes that we get each day in the big trucks that have to deliver it, there's going to be a lot of disruption mm-hmm. to how goods and services get to us. So I think there's, it, it way out in front of us. The uh, the EV tall space is very interesting. Yeah. So there's companies like Skydio that would be probably interesting for you guys to talk to. And so because they're doing things in which how can you have unmanned aircrafts deliver things, whether it's for consumers or for businesses or for, you know, um, you go back to Delaware in a rural area. And you need to get medical supplies there very quickly for an issue. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one dimension to this. Um, I think there's, um, when we look beyond North America and Europe, there's other forms of transportation that are electrifying. So you go to Asia in the Middle East, and there you see scooters and um, other approaches to the market. So there's an interesting company over there called Goguru that has taken a different approach um, to shared transportation that's electrified and how do you have a scalable charging solution. So they've taken an entirely different approach. Um, So I think a very clever company. Um, uh, Those would be some examples. Cool. That's that's really great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Those are, I'm going to look those up. And the and the EV tall. We've talked to some companies in that space. It's it's fascinating. Like I'm yeah. looking. You know, it's going. You know, wow. You're gonna. It's. I mean, I, I, we've talked about passenger transportation that way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, all right, Bill, I'd love to talk to you all day, but I got to let you go. I think I've kept you over time already. Um, folks, you can learn more about ChargePoint at its website, chargepoint.com. They're on all the usual social media platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. And get that app that Bill talked about, right? Because, you know, I've used it and, you know, basically you want to see where you can charge locally at whatever speed you need to charge. The app, the ChargePoint app is going to have it. Bill, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're watching and listening. We'd really appreciate it. It'll help us get the word out. To learn more about Broadhead HMH, the Transportation Transformation Agency, that's a mouthful, I know, visit hmhagency.com or find us on all the usual social media platforms. For Bill Lowenthal, I'm John Halpin. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the Future of Transportation podcast.